Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So we got five seconds of Game of Thrones season eight footage. So how long do you think we're going to talk about it for? The floor is yours, Michael. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to ask you what you found interesting about it. I think they did a really good job of teasing things that you already knew had to happen. Right. So they gave you new footage, but it wasn't really new. Like you see also they really John and footage. Daenerys at Winterfell. And you're like, yeah, okay. So those probably cut from what they'd shot before. I, I wonder. I don't know. I mean, right. somebody was like, somebody pointed out that they're wearing the same outfits that they were wearing for season seven. So they assume that this is just oh. going to happen immediately. This was shot in season seven. Okay. I would, I wouldn't bet my life on it. <laughs> and I mean, we got we got plenty of we got the ice dragon, which was already you'd already seen that. And somebody pointed out that. The shot of Drogon was actually just reversed from how it appeared in the episode. So it's oh, the one that footage. shoots out of um, yeah, the one that shoots out of the side of the screen. Yeah, yeah. So it is still listed as April. Should we? Uh, when does the hype machine go into overdrive? Or should we be worried? Like, shouldn't they give us a date? <laughs> They should have a date. It's only three months be a away. For us it's only three we months. Can start freaking out. I know. You can watch one episode a day and still make it, but that's not true for very much longer. Oh my gosh! I hadn't even thought about that. We're getting pretty close. Let's talk about the NFL. How did you experience the same joy that I did watching the kick hit off both crossbars? Everybody is so excited about that at the double doink. I don't. I don't necessarily care that it was a double doink. I care that the Bears th- were so full of themselves that they thought they should just beat the Vikings so that they could just immediately lose to the Eagles. Yeah, but I mean that's sort of a catch twenty two, right? I mean, if they hadn't, I disagree. And this is this is like the the bitter end of season Vikings fan in me, but like. Mm-hmm. The Bears knew they were going to beat the Vikings for that entire game. So why not let them win? Like, just let them win and then actually beat them. I I mean, I think that it should have been... Uh, how much did they get up on your team? Uh, They got up two scores. I mean, they were pretty much two scores up the whole game. Yeah. I mean, they could have just, like, yeah, let their... Sat their starters... Yeah, I mean, they had Trubisky in the entire game. Right. Well, I mean, he needs all the practice he can get. So, I mean, evidently, after how after how the game went this weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I think that they were in the play. They were in a good place to win. It's not like the Eagles played that well for most of the game. They just they really kind of tripped on their 
tripped on themselves. No, they got they that game. They they got lucky on that. No, the Bears. The Bears should have won that game. I mean, like in all seriousness. Yep, the Bears were the better team. Clearly, the Bears are the better team during the season. Let's get into some fantasy baseball. This week on the pod, we are going to try and extend the clustering analysis from the last couple of weeks and from earlier this season to talk about pitchers and see what we can construct with a look, an eye forward to making our projections. So we'll talk about the mechanics in the first half, and then in the second half, we'll talk a little bit about the stereotypes. So here we go. I did some work this week, but... I don't really have that much to present, so I thought we'd kick around the ideas at large. I'll talk a little All bit right. about my thought process, and then I know you're, you have some good constructive feedback already, <laughs> even without okay. seeing too much of it. Uh, we know we need pitching. We know we need pitching mm-hmm. projections. We've decided mm-hmm. to do them in sort of this cluster-based framework, so we actually need to make clusters. Mm-hmm. I went this week on the quote-unquote no-ratio version, meaning I actually <laughs> I just looked at straight counting stats, which was the most analogous thing to the batting clusters from last week. Right. So No-ratio. <laughs> so I did it on six. I did wins, earned runs, walks, hits, strikeouts, saves. I can already see, you know, even before I ran this, you could already see that this was going to be fraught with with peril, <laughs> that there was going to oh, be some yeah. serious problems here, in part because you have two clear ways that pitches are used, starters and relievers. Also because some of these numbers you want to go up, some of these numbers you want to go down. <laughs> and mm-hmm. pitchers pitch for wildly different amounts during the season. They absolutely do. Yeah, it's a, a lot easier to say with hitters. Like, we think that we should be normalizing to 600 at-bats because the ideas that we're getting to, what can this player do if he was to get 600 at-bats? With pitching, it's so different. Yeah. Like, even some pitchers who are going to get 30 starts might not even get close to 200 innings pitch. So let me tell you what I did, which was I normalized everything to 200 innings pitched, thinking how do I – my vision for this was, okay, I took what we had last week and just swapped in pitching stats for it, which is not what we did earlier, not what you did earlier in the season. No, it's not. But I I don't know. I kind of like the the parallel nature here, but I'm ready for you to tell me why it's wrong and remind us what we did earlier. So what we'd done earlier in the season was just look at starting pitchers. This was, at, I think, podcast 2.30. Ooh. Yes. Podcast 2.30. Um, similar, we went to 200 innings pitched, but we only did that for strikeouts. We only did starters. We sorted out everyone who had not... Um, done at least five games started and then Mm -hmm. we did a little bit of weird science on the wind on wind normalization but we'd used era and whip and we applied a standard scalar to all that and the clusters were okay-ish we went to six six clusters but there wasn't really much separation from you know great they were great pitchers and then they were like a couple of great pitchers, like good, really good pitchers that 
got into that cluster somehow and then some that fell into the cluster below. So it was like some, you know, how much of that was noise? <laughs> well, right. So I have some thoughts about that, which was even regardless of what the fact, what we picked doing the no ratio version, I sent you the analogous number of clusters versus the yeah. the distance, the the average distance. And it was clear immediately from that and from the discussion last week that you need many more clusters to actually resolve the different types of pitchers in the league. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Because there are so many different types and of I, pitchers. And I think, I think we're legitimately talking about 20 clusters. I mean, last week we did, we did, we said we were going to project on 10. Maybe if you wanted to get the style of guys right, you would do it on 20 you would, you would categorize them on 20 but here i really don't think you get sensical information until you get to 20 okay wow um all right oof but we don't we we, we can't comprehend 20 clusters <laughs> that is what i'm wrestling with right now but part of the reason i mean so building off of what you just said which was that we we only use starters we want a system or eventually we want a system that does starters and relievers. Do you think that we need to, do you think that we can come up with a holistic approach to this or do we just need to separate them and treat them totally differently? No. And that's, I think that we can keep them in the same. I think that we can keep them in the same. That's interesting. But I think that we have to go to ratios. So I think that we need to look at, we need to have K per nine. Okay. We need to have win rate and save rate as well as our ERA and WHIP. Okay, K per nine is does it? We we already have K per nine, right? Because it's normalized to innings pitched. So you already know what you already know from this what their K per nine is. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. You do. Um, but I think that to get these numbers closer before we, I think to get these no, numbers closer to each other, the, um, the distributions so that we can be looking at these and just for analysis wise, <laughs> it's a little bit easier to be able to say like, okay, we're, you know, these are numbers that none of them, hardly any of them clips 12 now, instead of it being like, whoa, what the hell is <laughs> 280 doing in this i i mean i i hear what you're saying i think i just i worry that i worry that the denominator that we're not going to pick the correct denominator like we've done work in the past showing that there's that there's a big distribution of plate appearances per inning and that correlates strongly with quote-unquote quality of pitcher that is the fewer batters you face per inning, the better you're going to do. Duh. So I worry that lumping in innings pitched that we're actually throwing away information that we could use. Did by throwing away innings pitched, that's what we're doing. I think we just need to do K's per plate appearance. Like how many batters do you have to face before you get a K? K per plate appearance. Okay. I think I guess we could do that. I think that's sure. where we have I to mean, go. And then we're we're kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit because then in order to actually get projections, we have to project how many batters you think they're gonna face. 
Right, to bat. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So, but it's a K the rate. So we want K per batter faced plate appearances. Okay. So you think we should do everything as, as rates. So what should we do for wins and saves? I think it's win rate and save rate. Per outing? Per inning? Per... Yeah, per game. Per game, per game played. So wins per game. I just don't like this because I don't like having I don't like having different denominators. <laughs> Across the data set. Yeah. Yeah, but we already we're gonna have because we wanna have ERA and whip. Otherwise our numerators are so, so different in what they I mean, earned runs compared to um strikeouts well i get it i I mean i get it i i get the the concerns about having rates with different denominators but the idea of the clustering exercise is to base is is to try to use what we have determined in our head are valuable metrics Mm -hmm. And then move, see where those data points sit along that. I know that you're already thinking in the next step about how do we then take that and make predictions. Okay, so you, you're saying we should, right now, we need to be focused on getting clusters that make sense. And then we go from there. I think so. Okay. I, I think that's, that's A number one. And that's... And, and like the exercise that I just did doesn't in six clusters doesn't do it. Why they all actually this is just wrong. Oh never mind, it's just ones. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> okay. Ha <laughs> ha. Alright. I will I will just accept that you know what's going on over there. Yep. Um I sorted out so it's only <laughs> ones. It's like this is only ones. And it's like, oh yeah no I was sorted so it's only ones. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So we. Uh... So the the question that I have is, I mean, this is what we're trying to do. Clustering is a data reduction technique. This is a way to, number one, reduce the problem to a human size, um, human comprehensible size. Not problem, but answer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the forty-two. You know. <laughs> Deep thought gave us 42 because that was the way to right. you know, synthesize. We have the and answer. And we want to have these clusters. Because if we're, if we're saying that we want to have 48 clusters, it's like, sure. And you're only looking at 2018 data. No, now we're, looking, why don't at, we have now we're looking at everything. Clusters. But, yeah. Please enjoy this outtake where I bait Eric into hypothetical trades for the Giants. Should the Giants get Russell Wilson? I didn't. I have not heard this. So I saw that a couple times because they were thinking about like what's a team that could actually pay Russell Wilson, because Russell Wilson is like criminally poorly used in the Seahawks offense. I take him. Yeah, obviously you'd I'd take, take him. him on the Giants. Yeah. Why would you not? I'd take him how, too. How often is it that the running back is taller than the quarterback? <laughs> that that's something that would be good to know. What is the be- what do you think is the best way to then to have us evaluate 
a set of clusters. What is your goal in this? I, my goals is still pass the smell test right now. <laughs> I mean, I I need I actually need I'll just spoil the result here. I actually need to see an ace cluster. <laughs> Right, you need to see an ace cluster that doesn't have someone random in it. Yes, and yeah, this this is in part on the bat. I thought this would be. I naively thought this would be easy because on the batting side, even with ratio s- stats, we still managed to get Mike Trout cluster. On the pitching side, right. we're not. When I've basically turned these into normalized stats up to two hundred innings. We are not getting the correct cluster, right? And even even still, you want to have ace cluster, and you want to have a relief plush, a reliever cluster, right? Well, we have so actually reliever clusters are easy. We have those easy because they're saves. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we have right. reliever clusters. We just we don't have a lights out starter like Danny Duffy twenty seventeen is like the best starter cluster. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that's you know that's uh it's not not a great cluster <laughs> but but it sort of has what you want it has relatively low walks relatively low hits relatively high strikeouts right wow man this is a lot but it's just not getting you there. Now, do we have the elite closers? Yes, we have Kenley Jansen 2015. That shows all the hallmarks. You know, there's no walks. There's a few hits. There's a ton of strikeouts and a ton of saves. And then you've got guys that are Rafael Soriano 2014, which is like total blast from the past at this point, but gets a bunch of saves (laughs) and doesn't, get as many strikeouts like he's inducing a little bit more contact i think what it what confuses this is those middle relievers right if it was if it really was just this was 20 uh 2004 you know and really did just have (laughs) yeah elite relievers and who are closers and starters no i think i think you're right and so that was me quoting from the 10 clusters because I naively thought we'd be able to get something out of that. But it looks like you're already looking at the, the 20 cluster here, which has mm. what? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine closer, nine reliever clusters, nine, obviously Ooh. reliever clusters. Yeah. But <laughs> we got the Dylan Batances cluster yep got the Dylan Batances we got the Andrew Miller when he was actually a closer cluster so 2015 had some closing yeah oh he was I guess he was actually 2015 he was closing yeah yeah um got we have uh, we have a nice dichotomy of the Kelvin Herrera cluster versus a Rossell Iglesias cluster where they get the same number of saves but Herrera does it with getting hits and fewer walks and Iglesias does Mm -hmm. it with fewer hits and more walks and far more strikeouts and far more strikeouts yeah far more strikeouts so we I think Michael Waka get got his uh got his in there I I mean what I'll say about the 20 cluster is that (laughs) it's resolving the it's resolving the relievers well I think that the relievers pass Uh the sniff test but 
look at this list of names. There is not a elite pitcher, elite starter on here. No, no. So does that mean that we? So right. I think that if we did this method, then we'd have to do starters and relief pitchers. So then we'd have three sets of clusters that we'd have to try to coerce into each other. Maybe. I think we just need to be clever because I was thinking more about this and like, okay, why is this breaking down? It's breaking down because I've normalized it all the 200 innings pitched. Why is that a problem? It's because the best pitchers, the best starters are the ones that are just going out for more innings. So Mm -hmm. by using that as a divisor, I'm throwing away that valuable level of information. Yeah. So my hope in when I was trying to push total batters faced or, or plate appearances in the, in the first half was saying that I think that you'll actually get a, you'll actually see a difference there where the guys that are actually going out for more innings pitched have a much smaller number of, or a smaller total batters faced to innings pitched ratio. Why not? A lot of shrugging going on over there. Why not? But yeah. it's, I mean, it's clear, right? If you just go on fan graphs and sort by pitchers that pitched the most innings, it's clear that that's a first order way to say who's a good pitcher. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, yeah, and you're no manager is going to be like, well, let's get, well, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, don't say that about um, my twins. But the. I was going to say, Big Sexy has been in the league for years and he's not the best pitcher, but just throw him <laughs> out there. The. I think, you know, this is this is actually an interesting fantasy tools lesson, which is that we've made this problem very complicated and we're thus far not doing better than naively looking at the number of innings that somebody pitched and picking them. Right. Yeah, that's that's a problem. So we have to benchmark do better than that. Right. Because when you say sniff test, this passes a sniff test. Problem is, is it any more useful than the rule of thumb rules, right? If it's not, then you have to go back to the drawing board. Right. And yeah, we do have a tendency of like, (laughs) of like opening up the patient and like removing everything and then saying, okay, let's start making this cyborg here. (laughs) (laughs) You better wrap this sucker up. If I say yes, can we skip talking about the Timberwolves? (laughs) No, no. And I said to you, you have a convenient excuse for whoever's next. I thought that was, I, you know, it was one of the most fair texts that I've ever received. Like, I'm just going to calmly call you out on this. <laughs> like, because I said, because I, I blamed, you know, I immediately blamed Tibbs for like, oh, well, now we're going to be terrible for a while. And he said, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so all convenient of... excuse. No, you know what? I'm not, I think I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit on that. We, Timberwolves need to get better. That's the thing. That's the hard part about listening to the Minnesota fan base is they wanted Tim's out, Tibbs out three quarters of the way through last year when he was going to bring them to the first playoffs that they, that they, that you'd gone to in 15 years, something ridiculous like that. Broke the longest streak. We did it. And it's like, where do you go from there? You need incremental improvement. And 
And the problem was is that it came out that he that basically Cat and Wiggins were against him. And then um, Butler showed exactly who he was. And then all of a sudden it's like, do damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's bizarre that anyone thought that Jimmy Butler, like in, with the benefit of hindsight, it's bizarre that anyone thought that this wasn't Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you know? The, oh. That the turmoil? Yeah. Oh. In Minnesota or everywhere. In I mean, he's Chicago? he's already he's already doing it in Philadelphia. I that's it's crazy. It's just crazy. How is he not going to get through a year? So, but the other thing that I texted you is I just I want to know from a fairness standpoint. Like, yes, he brought us to the playoffs. I think if you gave any coach a peak Jimmy Butler, a serviceable Towns and Wiggins doing literally anything that they they better be able to take that team to the playoffs. So to me, the question is, did Jimmy Butler only come because of Tom Thibodeau? I don't know. I think that about brings us to the review session. Shrek. So you opened this up last week by asking me when the last time I watched our movie was. When was the last time you saw Shrek? In like the full? Yeah, sure. Must have been like junior high school. And I think that I watched it many, many times. Okay, what was your what was the scene that you most remembered? Um, the small world. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> that's a that's a a bit part, but it's an excellent bit part. It's just absolutely ridiculous. The other one is um <laughs> The gingerbread man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is probably my two favorite long lasting. And, other, you know, I mean, I can't count the opening scene because, like, I think I've seen that, like, thousands of times. You know what I had forgotten completely? The dragon. Yes. I had completely forgotten that that was a thing at all. Yeah. I love the, the dragon playing the role of the Lord of the Rings eagles. gotta have that trope (laughs) so I'd also forgotten um, I'd forgotten who was in it outside of um, Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers really specifically Cameron Diaz it was like I heard her voice and I was like wait I know this is someone who's really attractive I well, I also appreciate John Lithgow being in there. Yes, great voice. He is, he is a great voice for that. There's this was a great movie. I I think I can go another ten years without watching it, but I'm glad that I watched <laughs> it. You know, at this ten year point, which Austin Powers character did you associate him with the most? Mike Myers yeah. or Shrek? Because Shrek is pretty obvious, right? Um, Mike Myers, I associated him with uh, with Doctor Evil, actually, probably the most. <laughs> that's that's pretty interesting, because he, he does have a. I mean, I think he's trying his best to give himself a really distinctive voice in this to be Shrek, so that you 
because because this is like right after all of the Austin Powers movies. I know. I mean, he did. He just had such a great run to be, and then to be done out of the zeitgeist. All right. Yeah. Tell me what we're doing next week. All right, Michael. We are doing episode three. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Maynard, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!